Because I think that there's nothing that really can grow you faster than growing a business quickly because you have to just continue to level up as a person in right. order to make it grow and lead everybody. Welcome to the Gym Secrets Podcast, where we talk about how to get more customers, how to make more per customer, and how to keep them longer, and the many failures and lessons that we have learned along the way. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. The only way to protect ourselves from our emotions is yeah. information and data because it's just facts, right? And so it's, but I think a lot of times people are trying to protect their own emotions by avoiding it because it's maybe not what they want to see. Good morning. This is Eric LeClaire over at Push Press, and we are continuing our In the Trenches series with a look, a deep look into leadership. And over the past couple of years, uh, we have had some substantial men and women leading from the front, not just from the gym owner space, but from the entrepreneurial space. And when I got a chance to sit back as a gym owner and look at who is providing help, who is providing uh, direction or motivation, I can't think of a group or a duo better than the Hormoses. And so today I am so honored to be to, uh, interviewing, but at the same time connecting at both the friendship level as well as a business level with Layla Hormozy. And so for those that may not know, uh, which at this point in 2020, I can't imagine uh, we don't know, but by all means, Layla, thank you for coming on today and feel free if you want to introduce yourself. Yeah, I appreciate it, Eric. I'm excited to be here. Um, yeah, I'm Layla Hormozy. I am the co-CEO and co-founder of Gym Launch, uh, as well as Prestige Labs and Allen, um, all of which uh, originated as businesses that serve gym owners. And now Allen Software uh, has kind of branched out to all brick and mortar uh, facilities. Um, I started the business with my husband about four and a half years ago. Um, and we met on Bumble actually, uh, it was a pretty funny story. People were like, how'd you guys start working together? I'm like, well, we met and we went on a date and then he was like, Hey, you should work for me. And I was like, what? Like, dude, I don't really, we're like, oh, yo, like this is weird. Um, and I'll just keep it short, but you know, essentially, uh, I think three weeks after we met, we just found each other really interesting. Um, we had all the same interests in terms of business and in our personal lives. And so before we even like became a couple or really like decided we even wanted to date each other, we did decide that we wanted to work together. And so I remember I, I came over to his house after work one day, uh, I was personal training in person online at that point, And there was a, a booklet and it was like a, like this moleskin binder. And it said like gym launch LLC. And I was like, you did it. And he was like, yeah, I thought we we're going to start this. And I was like, all right, cool. And uh, then three weeks after that, so about six weeks after we met, we started uh, flying out to different gyms and basically testing our marketing and sales uh, and then fulfillment practices there. We did that for like 11 months. So we basically like go out and be like a hired gun for a gym. Yep. <laughs> yeah. While we ran their marketing. And so he'd be in Virginia. I'd been Hawaii. He'd be in Oklahoma. I'd be in Florida. Uh, we did that for a while, which was freaking exhausting. <laughs> um, but I, learned, I, I seriously grew and learned more than ever in my entire life. Um, and after that, we expanded and we hired a team and we flew them out to go do that. And then shortly realized that, that wasn't really a sustainable model right. uh, just because it's really interesting, right? Everyone wants a hundred new members until you give them a hundred new members. And then they're like, you just fucking broke my whole business. Like what the hell? Uh, <laughs> and so it's like second order consequences uh, Add a hundred new members. You have a million new problems. You don't have your old ones, but you have just as many equal new ones. And so we realized that people needed to do it themselves in order to grow into the kind of person who could fulfill for that many people. And so 
we uh, kind of accidentally, we, we thought we we're going to get out of that and just do straight B2C online fitness. Uh, we actually started doing it. We're doing really well with me as the face of a weight loss company. And that day, Alex called up all the people we had lined up for the next two months that we were flying people out to their gyms. And he said, listen, I can't do this. Like, it's just not working. You know, we're getting out of the gym space. And they all said, my gym's going to go under if you don't help me. Like, I need someone to help, like, please. And so that day, he ended up saying yes to about uh, eight gym owners. And they said, you know, we'll pay you. You don't need to send anyone out. Just teach us. And he had never wanted, like, if anyone, it's so funny because Alex always said to me, he's like, dude, I never want to be a coach or a guru. Like, I literally detest that. Like, I detest the face. And and he is, like, one of the ultimate now. So uh, that was when gym, gym Launch as it kind of began, started, and we're, you know, four and a half years into it. And we started the supplement line, Prestige Labs, and we started our software, Allen. And so it's just been a, it's been a really, really cool experience. Um because I think that there's nothing that really can grow you faster than growing a business quickly because you have to just continue to level up as a person in right. order to make it grow and lead everybody. Of course. I mean, the, I don't remember who said it or, or the, the adage, and I, I, if I, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, the, uh, your old habits will not open new doors. And I, I've, mm-hmm. watched, I've watched you, obviously I've watched Alex, and I've watched the gyms in the culture of the gym launch culture I've known them before I've known them during, and now here we are, we see them after. And there've been a tremendous amount that have, have hit home runs and continue to hit home runs. Um, from a, from a personal standpoint, then how have you dealt with maybe the many iterations that you've had to go through? You know, I think I've always been somebody who's like, I've always been growth oriented. And so it first stemmed with like fitness Um, when I was younger, I was like 14, I started going to the gym and learning how to lift by myself. I didn't even like playing team sports. Uh, I think I I was more of a loner, (laughs) which is kind of ironic. And, uh, I was really introverted and then it just continued to stem. And I started, you know, reading and just doing my own thing really early on and kind of like isolating myself from what a lot of other people did. Um, because I remember hearing like, if you do what everyone else does, you're gonna end up like everyone else. And I just didn't want to do that. And so I think it just kind of stems into like, you know, people are like, what would you do if you didn't do this? And I was like, I would just be CEO of another company. Like, I don't know. I think I am built for this. And so it just would have been me in a different company, found a different person to uh, do it with. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. Interesting. Where now, it's, I, I believe the last time we connected, you guys were living, was it, in, were you in Florida or were you, were you somewhere else? I don't even know where we were because we lived in so many places. We uh we were in California and then we moved to uh Albuquerque and then we moved to Puerto Rico. And then, we, and then we had to stay in Michigan for a few months and then moved back to California and then now we're in Texas. Wow. Wow. Now is that um from a planning standpoint, as the businesses have grown or evolved, are you overseeing different aspects of the business today? Is that why you're moving around or are you just kind of figuring out in the country where you might land? No, uh, like being really honest, so it's like taxes. Like I'm not about to sink out. Like the business started blowing up and we were like, oh, wow. taxes in California suck. I'm going to just leave until we don't have to worry about that. And we just left. Right. Well, we are, uh, we're a couple of days away from closing escrow on our property and we're heading out to Tennessee, um, which is a fantastic place for business owners. I'm just saying. (laughs) No, it's actually a great place. I love Tennessee. It's beautiful. Totally beautiful. 
Well, the nice thing about this series is that we get it to be like a think tank amongst a bunch of owners and entrepreneurs, business, whether we talk the CEO side or the general manager side. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were to have to think back in the earlier days of building your the infrastructure for your company, you had a lot of hard decisions to make. You had a lot of um, maybe systems and processes to build, but then also the human component. You said we had to hire all these people. What were you looking for in those first hires? Were there any characteristics or personalities that stand out to you that you're like, man, this person is needs to be on our team? You know, in the beginning, who I looked for is very different than who I look for now, um, but I wouldn't have done it differently. And I have had to let a lot of those people go, to be frank. Um, but I just think that different people are fit for different stages of business. And for someone to withstand a business growing, you have to be very adaptable. So I did look for adaptability, but I think I looked for scrappiness over that. I looked for hard workers that were scrappy, um, that could learn quickly. I would say that that was probably the top things I looked for. People that weren't afraid of change um, and were hungry. And some of that hasn't changed, but as you continue to grow, you can't, you always have to have that like gritty scrap on the inside, but like not everything that you put out there can have that, that smell to it. (laughs) Absolutely. So in the, in the day-to-day operations from the, uh, you, you say co-founder, co-CEO, um, who are you personally responsible for? Like what's the size of what the business looks like today? Yeah. Um, we've got about 55 people in-house and then we have about 30 uh, outside contractors. That's our development team. And okay. so if you look at that today, um, I'm over most of it, aside from Alex is still pretty hands-on with marketing. And okay. so I think I have nine direct reports, which would be most um, like our executive team reports to me. And then some of our strategic team reports to me. So we have four executives and then we have nine strategic leaders. Right. Um, and I still meet with those who report to Alex in marketing, but you know, he's the marketing genius. And so he meets there. I more so help with like the management piece of that. Um okay. So I'm still, I'm at an interesting flux point right now because we have gym launch, which we've had for a long time, right? And so I have people who have been in there for two and a half, three years who know how things run. I've got Prestige, which is pretty much dependent upon gym launch and doesn't need a ton of management. And then I've got Allen, which is a brand new function in which I'm a lot more hands-on because I'm setting the foundation. And so I manage a lot more of the leadership in terms of gym launch and Prestige. And right. then I manage more tactically in the Allen side. So it's, it's interesting. It's kind of like going yeah. backwards. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, let's dig in on that leadership piece. I mean, if you've got a product, obviously like gym launch and you want it to have legs and live on, you know, for years, um, what are your, like, what, are, what would you say would be your top three things you are the most proud of in developing Gym Launch? And then I'll, I'll ask later, maybe what are your three biggest struggles? Um, let's, let's start with the wins. What are you most, most proud of from developing the leadership roles and the people that you have um, groomed inside Gym Launch? Um, I'm proud of, I would say, the, the leaders that are still here today who I've, I've grown. I think that's the coolest thing is... Um, I think I have a really good relationship with the leaders inside of Gym Launch. And um, I'm just, I'm really proud of watching them grow as people because I don't, I'm pretty critical of myself, but I think watching others grow and knowing that you are able to help facilitate that and that they're fulfilled. Right. Uh, and we don't, we're a high performance team. So it's not as easy to fulfill a high performer's 
requirements as it would be somebody who just likes being complacent. Um, right. Know that they're fulfilled in this company and that they're happy and they want to be here every day and that they want to do better every day. I think is just that in itself is something that I'm proud of. Um, I'm proud of the improvements we've made as a team. Like, it's really interesting, right? Because like, I'm not proud of any like giant monumentous things. I'm not proud of how much money we made. I'm not proud of this. I'm not proud. I'm proud of the small things. I'm proud of like these small things that we do well and we've continued to get better and better at over time. Um, and I think that that's really interesting because that's really what fulfills me. Um, I don't get like super excited over like big monumental things that we hit or like objectives as a company. I just get, I get excited over like the small work that's boring, I guess. Interesting. How about the relationships? Um, so obviously there's got to be people that now you've groomed, you've created, um, and you're probably like almost as if that you've, you've created from adolescence or childhood all the way up. And now you're, you're like, look at that, look at them. I I've, this has been amazing. It's fulfilling to see that. Have you created some good friendships through the company? Yes. Um, I'm hesitant to use the word friendships. I think it's a degree of friendship. I think it's camaraderie. Um, Because I always want to make sure. So here's the reason that I think friendship is interesting is because you can be as close of friends with your teammates as it doesn't prevent you from holding them accountable as they were a complete stranger. I see. So that's always the kind of line I balance, which is I have, I definitely, I get along super well with some people. Um, And almost to a point where I have to always remind myself, like it can never get in the way of me holding them accountable and holding them to their performance standards. Um, which is interesting. Right. It's kind of like, it's the most social and loneliest job that you can have. I believe it. I could completely believe that in developing staff and grooming from intern up to general manager, it's, you get close, but you think to yourself like, Hey, we still have to have this professional relationship. Yep. Well, now how about the flip side? If you were to have to look back now, hindsight being 2020, um, let's say three of your hardest learning lessons or three of your most, um, uh, you look back and you're like, damn it, that just, that, that's going to live with me for a little while. Yeah, I can tell you that. That's easy. Um, <laughs> so I would say one is always give the customer what they want, not what they need. I think that we, for, there was like a period of time, probably like eight months that, we really steered away from acquisition of, for gyms and we really focused on retention and our clients, a very small segment of them liked that. But I think what the problem was is that me and Alex liked that. And we were, we were more interested in that because we, we were like, you're going to make way more money retaining people than just continuously churning people. Um, right. And for us, that was really fascinating, but it's really not for the customers. Um, it's not something that they want to hear about consistently And it wasn't what made us in the first place. What made us was being really good at acquisition, really good at making people more money. And so identifying what your customer needs, never steering away from that. We always talk about that now. We're like, what do they want? You know, even if we don't think it's right, if it's what they want us to do for them, then we need to remember that. Because at the end of the day, that's the responsibility of the business is to take resources and create something that is larger than the sum of the parts Right. Through the desire of the customer, right? And so uh, doing that, that's number one. Real quick, guys, you guys already know that I don't run any ads on this and I don't sell anything. And so the only ask that I can ever have of you guys is that you help me spread the word so we can help more entrepreneurs make more money, feed their families, make better products, and have better experiences for their employees and customers. And the only way we do that is if you can rate and review and share this podcast. So the single thing that I ask you to do is you can just leave a review. It'll take you 10 seconds or one type of the thumb. It would mean the absolute world to me. And more importantly, it may change the world for someone else.
Number two would be in terms of uh, hiring. I've learned a lot of painful lessons there, which is, you know, I've just made some really, I'm like, I don't know how we got where we are because I made some stupid decisions. Um, <laughs> I, I, have, I think there were probably two people that I put in leadership positions that should have never been there. And I always go by like trust first, right? Like if I hire you, I'm going to trust you automatically. If you, if you do something to uh, ruin that trust, then I'm going to start, you know, looking at it. But I ruled a little bit too much by trust and not as much by tighter management and accountability in the very beginning. And so I had one person, for example, uh, who overhired by a ridiculous amount for their department. And it's my fault. And I had to go in and I had to fire those people because it was, I mean, they overhired by like five times as many people because they just, every time someone said, I think we need help, they just hired someone. And we are a very profitable company. So it's not like we were you know, super bottom line driven at that time in the sense of like, we weren't super worried about expenses because we're also virtual. Um, and we're just such a different company today. I would just never, ever do that. Um, right. So that nice. was a painful mistake because that's messing with someone's livelihood. It's not something I'm proud of, um, but I'm not sorry about it because I wouldn't be, yeah. you can't be, you know, and I think too many people are like, I'm so, you know, they get so hung up on it. And I'm like, dude, like that's the risk you take is you get the biggest reward. And you also have to live with the biggest failures that people will hate you for, which is interesting. Um, but I'm okay with it. And then third thing, if I'm thinking of, uh, you know, mistakes in hindsight, I would say, I don't know if there's mistakes. I think something I've learned though, um, it's just that I think that what it takes to become a larger company, um, and which I, I think it would have been helpful if I had learned sooner, is that you need to really be able to hone in on the balance of having leadership skills versus managerial skills. And right. you need to understand what each of those is and what it means and what it looks like in an ideal world. And I think in the beginning, I led so much off of just leadership. I was a, uh, someone called me like an operational leader, right? I didn't necessarily know how to do much. I knew how to lead people and influence them to, to do things and build relationships. Um, and now I've really honed in in the last you know, year or so. And that's what I continue to hone in on. It's like, how do I run a more effective meeting? How do I balance these KPIs? How do I hit these performance metrics? And how do I track them? How do I know we're being efficient? What's our efficiency in this department? You know, what are our KPIs? And, and I think that you have to find the balance of those two. And what, what it takes to run a small organization, if you want to grow it, you have to develop more of that discipline. It's not Correct. fun, but it's something I yep. wish I think if people realize how important information and data is, especially small business owners, I think I asked, um, I've asked two CRMs now in the space, like, you know, what do you have this data? And they're like, yeah, but that's actually the last thing people want. And I'm like, I think the only reason I have a CRM is so I can have data. Like, are you telling right. me that? Well, the gym owners don't want that. And I was like, this is a joke. They're like, well, they rather have a spot to put in their workouts. So I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? That's probably the, some of the exact same frustrations that the leadership at, at PushPress has where the CRM is powerful to deliver the data. But when you, you have that raw bit of information and you give it to the gym owner, then they look at it and they just go, you know, whatever. And, and so, it, oh, I can imagine your frustrations. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I'm just like, man, it, it, the the only way to protect ourselves from our emotions is yeah. information and data because it's just facts, right? And so it's, but I think a lot of times people are trying to protect their own emotions by avoiding it because it's maybe not what they want to see. Of course, it probably paints a picture that's either if they listen to it, they have to change and make a decision. If they ignore it, they don't have to make that hard decision. Right, which in that case, you just default to the worst decision. 
Well, then let's let's kind of go down that road. I mean, you have seen tremendous growth. You've uh, learned magnificently how to pivot multiple times over. Um, but with growth, with tremendous growth, obviously comes some um, professional collateral damage. And that you have to think into yourself like, that's, I have to make this decision. It's the best for the company. It's the best for where we're going. Like in your mind, you know, your vision and your mission and kind of where you want to be along the way. How, how have you quelled, or maybe you can speak to this when it comes to like the competition mindset or the, you know, the dominance mindset, how do you let go of, um, for lack of better professional terms, how do you let go of those that you had conflict with, or how do you let go of, you know, the folks that are, you know, now looking down their nose, thumbs down at your product or thumbs down at your company? How, how do you disconnect from that? Well, one, I don't see any of it. Um, like I'll see it. I get it sent to me and people see it and I show it. And I just, I'm like, I just, honestly, I laugh at most of it. I'm like, I can't even believe someone said that. And I'm like, did you know what they said today? I'm like, that's a new one. Um, I, I honestly, you just, you just wipe it off. You just let it go. I don't respond to anybody who says anything bad about us. I'm like, you don't like, I would never in my real life, nobody that I would ever be friends with or associate with myself would ever talk that way to me or I would just never choose to interact with somebody who trolls on the internet or likes to just emotionally vomit all over other people because they don't like their product or company. And so I'm just like, one, most of those people aren't ever going to buy anything from me anyway. So like, I give a fuck what they think. The second is I'm, I mean, like, (laughs) have you ever Grant Cardone? He's like, you ain't got a jet. You know what I mean? Like they ain't got a jet. I'm like, I don't show off anything we have or anything we've done, but I'm like, dude, like, I don't know. Results speak for themselves. Like if you were right about things and maybe you would be further along in your life. And so it's like, I kind of look at it like that. I'm like, I feel bad. You have a limited perspective and you just want to paint me into this picture, you know, evil because I've accomplished something that makes you feel insecure. That's truly how I view it. And every, I say that because every time I think any bad thought about somebody, I, I think to myself, like, why would I feel that way about somebody? Right. You know? And I think that, people like to depict somebody as good or bad um, and they don't know how to see the in-between. And I think sure. that's really such a shame. In a gray. Yeah. But for the most part, it's just, I think I'm immune to it. I think that's because I just really, I do not believe that anything that anyone says about anybody else is about them. I think it's about themselves. Right. So anytime, right. Like anytime I get it, if I am mad at Alex for something, right. For example, Am I really mad at Alex for that? Or am I mad at myself? And I'm just projecting it onto him. 99% of the time, 99% of the time, it's me. And so, you know, when I see that, I'm just like, you having a bad day? Like, did I do something that pissed you off? Did I make you feel insecure? Did I make you feel less than? Did I say something that questions your beliefs and therefore makes you worry about your entire worldview being incorrect? You know, and I I think a lot of people have a really hard time and you see it now, right? they don't know how to disagree with people without hating them. Right. It's not like, I disagree. We can still hang out. It's, I disagree. You're wrong. You're a horrible person. Get out of my life. Yeah. It's, it's so fascinating because anytime someone disagrees with me, I'm like, really? Like, why do you think that? Like, tell I'm curious why. Tell me. And that's how I approach it. And it's just kind of insane how many people like in the world now, like they don't, they're like, I hate you. You go in the bad bucket. We're never talking. I Nothing you say is of any importance or is ever correct because you said one thing I disagree with. And Wild. 
it's yeah, it's crazy. I just, so. it just, it just shows a level of maturity that, you know, immediately, all right, that's not someone who we can consult with, hang out with, you know, have a conversation with. It does it, that just doesn't seem to work. Right. I'm, and then I also say, I'm like, you know, cause a lot of gym owners was like, well, these people are talking crap about me. Right. Um, I'm like, dude, they're just advertising for you. Like nobody talks shit about the gym down the street that isn't making any money. Right. They talk shit about the gym down the street. That's making all the money. You know what right. that's the consumers when consumers see everyone talking shit about somebody, they're like, that must be the best person in the industry because everybody is throwing rocks at them. That's yeah. just like, it's like, I love it. you know what I mean? I totally dig it. Hey, from a, uh, rather than a collateral damage direction, let's go in the opposite direction. And then let's talk about maybe a little bit of tech, um, yeah. as a leader and as someone that has to consistently communicate and clearly and effectively, um, you know, continue to, um, rally the troops. What technology do you rely on? Um, are there any systems? Are there any apps? Are there any things that you're like, hey, without these three uh, things, I would be stuck in the mud? Um, I think one is, you know, you could call it, we use one that's specific to our CRM. It's called Click, but it's basically Slack. Okay. Um, before that, we used Boxer. And so just a quick back and forth, like day-to-day um, chatting tool. Okay. That, I mean, Zoom, Zoom is where we post all our meetings since day one. Okay. And honestly, notes in my phone. Uh, so what I do is like to manage things like I have every meeting that I have every week and then I have every one-on-one that I have every week and then all the things that were discussed and I just go look back at my notes every week and review those and then I keep myself I organized with little folders. Yeah, in my phone, it syncs to my computer. I can just write in my computer. It's free. Awesome. <laughs> I totally dig it. I love it. I love it. It's some folks will, you know, they're constantly emailing in or they're, they're texting in or they're, you know, the same thing. They're on Facebook or Instagram. They're like, I, I need more things. I need more efficiencies. I need more, you know, whatever. So folks are always asking. Dude, I've got people that have like $50 million businesses and they're running off Google sheets. You can program those well enough. They're like software. I mean, that, it, it makes sense. It totally makes sense. Um, without divulging too much, maybe that could be construed as maybe secretive down the road. Can you speak to where you guys are looking to take this, uh, post COVID? I mean, obviously there's growth potential and, um, where do you guys see yourself heading? Yeah. Um, you know, we're going to continue to, to basically, you know, I think it was about a year ago that we started encouraging our gyms to have remote and in-person model. Um, and it's, difficult for people to pull off easy in theory. Right. Uh, you don't have a strong team. It's really hard to organize both. And so we've moved towards everything we support in terms of sales, marketing, fulfillment is all geared towards, you can be remote, you can be in person, or you could be both. And we have a solution for each of those um, in terms of what we release, deliver and promote in our company. And so that's the first thing. The second is like the software that we have that basically works leads for gyms. Um, it works remote leads and in-person leads now. Um, and then, you know, with our supplement line, um, just working on some of the UX to make it easier for remote purchases that we've been doing and then releasing more products uh, continuously that are at a little bit of a lower price point to help with people that have maybe lost a job, et cetera. Right. Um, you know, those are the things that we're doing. It hasn't, we haven't steered off like our, our plan super far. I'm, is it, it was like a year ago where we were like, oh, the industry's already going in this direction. It's just like we took 2030 and then brought it to 2020. So right. it just accelerated. But, 
you know, we're pretty well equipped to manage it as a company, which is, I think, just from the culture. Um, So you're saying if if there are coaches out there that are listening to to today and maybe they were, um, maybe they were let go uh, from their gym and they're looking as like, I could be a remote coach today. I could, I could do this from home. I could do it from my laptop. And there, so you're providing a solution for remote only versus the old school brick and mortar gyms, right? Yeah. Um, and a lot of our gyms have, you know, unfortunately they just had to go 100% remote. And so that's actually probably what most people are doing right now in our group. Um, and I would say that's probably also why more people in our group are doing well than other groups. Um, it's just right. because, yeah, and I think Alex and I are like high performance driven and we're really push change. And so, you know, people come in our program, either they're like eaten up alive or they thrive and they become a champion. And so I think it's really, it's become, it was interesting in the last few months because people have forced themselves to become champions because of the situation. Right. Uh, you really got to see what people are made of, which has been really cool to watch. Well, that segues perfectly into the last piece. I mean, this platform provides an opportunity for both the gym owners, the general managers, the coaches, the interns, and even those individuals who are brand new looking into the gym space or the coaching space. If you could use this platform to speak to those who might be um, on the fence, they might be fearful, they might have just lost their job, their gym is just surviving, or maybe they're only one more month out, maybe they're here in California and and who knows when they're going to open up. Any messages to them? Any any poignant pieces of clarity or any you know pearls of wisdom that you'd love to share with those folks to maybe get them past this next couple of days? Yeah, I have uh, three things that come to mind. The first is right now, what's become very obvious is that the only difference between someone who's going to win in the short term or lose in the short term is how they react to what is happening. So I've seen people that have had all cards put against them. You know, they're shut down for the foreseeable future. They still paying rent. They have a lot of employees and they're killing it. And then I have people who are in a situation where they're shut down for six weeks. People come back quickly and yet they still let their gym go down and completely closed it. And I say that because it, we just all get to choose our attitude in any situation And so we get to choose if we want to win or lose. And I think it's really interesting because most people look at winners and think you didn't have as many obstacles as me. The way to think about it is you had the same obstacles as me. You handled them differently. You acted differently. Yeah. And so I'd say that's the first. You always have control over the outcome. Even in these days, if you believe that you can overcome the situation, I 100% I'm seeing it happen right now. We have tons of people that are making more money now than they were before just because we told them it's possible. And it is possible. The math doesn't lie. The second piece going to that is like nothing is permanent, right? And so even if you are in a shitty situation right now, you don't have to be tomorrow or next week or next month or in six months. You know, maybe it's me six months, maybe a year. I think it's just really everything always feels so permanent when we're when we're going through it. Yeah, Um, like if somebody's tired one day, they're like, "Man, I'm always tired," or they have one bad day at work, they're like, "Man, I hate this job." But it's like the day before they had a great day, and so I think it's just really you have to look back and look at the track record and remember that it's always going to go up and down. It's never always right. going to be constant. Um, and then the last piece going with that is what, you know, I just always think about this, which is like, unless you have no friends, you'll never be homeless. And so <laughs> like when I think of people are like, I, I mean, for me, I'm always like, let's go worst case scenario. Right. And when we announced first start the business, 
We slept at our friend's house for four months. Guess what? Wasn't that bad. They had great food. They cooked. They loved having us there. Like we had people to talk to. Um, and so we always joke. It's like, dude, if you don't, if you have friends and you've got family, you're never gonna be homeless. Like what's the worst case scenario? Like what are you so afraid of? And so I think just asking yourself that and painting that picture and confronting it and saying, how bad is that really? Right. That's it. And so I would say just those three things just to think about um, and kind of just chew on over the next few weeks, I think would be important and useful. And then, you know, the last one is just, I think right now it's the time we need people to be leaders in the community. Like people need people to rely on. They need people that are a light that aren't just talking negatively, being up, like having a down demeanor. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just, I look at it and I'm like, I signed up for owning a business. Therefore I have the responsibility to be a light to other people right now. So right. I think I've been more positive and upbeat than I've been at any other time. It's because I don't, I want people to be able to rely on me. And so I would just remind everyone that if they chose this life, then that's just part of what comes with it. And it doesn't take much more than a few minutes in the morning to get yourself right, to remember like you can completely change the day of everyone who works for you and all of your clients if you just show up well. Yep. I totally agree. I love it. I, that's probably the most powerful way for folks to figure out their future is to start, of course, with themselves. I love it. Yeah. it. So for those folks that have watched today and they were inspired by maybe something they picked up, maybe they jotted down some notes themselves um, and they're interested in following up with you, where can they find you or how can they find you in, in getting contact? Yeah. Um, I think my Instagram, I'm so not popular on social media, is <laughs> Layla and Hormozy. Okay. And you can find me on Facebook, Layla Hormozy. Okay. That's it. I don't have any, uh, I don't have any like links or podcasts or anything like that. I just, uh, I'm pretty internal. I love it. That's super, that's super slick and easy. Well, I sincerely appreciate your time. Uh, the wisdom, the growth, the look back, we say the lessons learned, uh, for some folks we've been interviewing, we tell them, look, Hey, in about two or three months when this COVID stuff shuts down or people start returning back to, um, operations, we'd love to come back and revisit and all that look back on like, Hey, what did we learn? How are we better? Um, how did, what did we change to? I mean, we know so many folks are getting ready to change. So we'll mm-hmm. definitely again um, as we go forward. So thank you. I sincerely from myself personally uh, to you, uh, please tell Alex, hello. This has been fantastic. I will. And thanks for having me on, Eric. Absolutely. You got it. All right.